Hi, my name is Matt Locke and this is the Everyday Athlete Podcast. The podcast for the everyday athletes around the world who refuse to be average and who want to create a legacy of health, fitness and achievement in every aspect of their life. I'm glad you're here and once again it's time to forge your future. Hello Will and thanks for joining us here on the Bay Games vlog which will be turned into a podcast as well. Yeah my pleasure thanks for having me Matt. Yeah of course and um, you are of course the head of programming for the Bay Games which includes the Grand Slam naturally and um, yeah we love having you aboard as you know we're friends as well as now uh, somehow working together in a business environment and uh, yeah we, we love having you guys as part of the team you and Carrie. Yeah thank you just uh, before we go on I you know you know that I'm Carrie and I live in Bali so if you hear any like motorcycle sounds or dogs barking or things going on. It's just the kind of the natural sounds of Bali. I kind of say sometimes that it sounds like the Sons of Anarchy, like motorcycle gang is like doing runs behind our house so loud and it's like small little alleyway with the motorcycles. So, yeah. No, it's real life and I think they're, um, they're part of the charm of Bali, are they not? Uh, agreed, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very unique charm to Bali. Some love it, some hate it, but the ones that hate it leave, which is nice. And I love that when we, uh, before we started recording, um, I mentioned, ah, classic Will, no T-shirt. And you kind of went to go and get a T-shirt. I was like, well, actually, no. I'm, you know, I guess this is an opportunity for, uh, for the audience to experience Will. And uh, Will is without a T-shirt as often as possible, correct? Correct. It's one of those things I was just talking to a friend. I feel like and so many times in life people do things they don't want to do just to appease other people or they don't do something because they're afraid of how it may look to someone else that makes them feel good. So for me, I, my wife and I live in Bali. We came here from Miami, which Miami is probably one of the most superficial places you can live in America, maybe the world. So there everyone cares and judges you based on like what car you're driving, what watch you're wearing, what shoes you're wearing. And Carrie and I are not about that life. So when we came to Bali, it's like, I enjoy not wearing a shirt. It's, it's comfortable. And so, yeah, it makes me happy. And that's all that matters. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. Now, um, for those who are watching or listening to this who are not familiar with, uh, with Will Henker, just, um, yeah, maybe if you can give us just a, I don't know, a 60-second version of uh, your background as it relates to functional fitness, training, life, uh, quality of life, and the like. Sure, yeah. Uh, so a, a large part of my experience with functional training stemmed from my time in the military. So I spent just under nine years inside the special operations community within the United States Army. In that time, I found and was able to have the opportunity to learn a lot of very different and unique functional training methods to kind of go along with preparing soldiers for combat and just overall relative strength-focused training. So being as strong as you possibly can at the healthiest and lightest body weight possible. So it's being able to lift heavy weight, but also move for extended periods of time. And if you're too big and too heavy, you won't be able to move. And if you're too small, you won't be able to carry your weight uh, and contribute. So it's kind of a very neat balance when you think about what it takes. And again, what body types go into that. There's, everyone's not one kind of body. So learning that when I got out of the military, I transitioned to coaching uh, CrossFit, which is when I started learning Olympic weightlifting, gymnastics, and then more complex movements that weren't so simple as far as like snatches and clean and jerks and things like that. So 
being able to take those two very different concepts and marry them into one allowed me to develop myself and my philosophy and how I do program design, which kind of feel, I feel sets me apart. And I think that's why you approached me. So I met you and Ned uh, when I was coaching here in Bali. Yeah, we kind of struck off and did a PT with you guys. And I think from there it was, here we are. Yeah, no, exactly right. No, that was uh, the beginning of uh, what is becoming a beautiful relationship. And uh, yeah, yeah no, we're, we're, as you know, we're avid fans of Bali as well. I love Bali. But uh, I guess from that, that PT, actually, that meeting and honestly, the discussions that stem from there, um, you joined the team last year uh, to do the programming for the inaugural Bay Games Grand Slam in 2019. Yeah, I think that went, I mean, I guess I'm biased, right? But I think it went off very well. The feedback we got from the programming, both from my close friends and also people that I'd never met from the feedback you guys sent out, the the anonymous feedback, came out very well. We had some lessons learned, which is probably my favorite thing about doing a program is, yes, people will say, oh, it was great. I loved it. Although that's not the most helpful. It's nice to hear, but it's helpful when people really give constructive criticism and say, I love this, but this wasn't a thing. And it helps, you know, both the Grand Slam and coming up the Bay Games to reassess and evaluate what we're doing so we can start having a program that we're designing that we feel is the best possible program to test the fittest of that specific field. Yeah, that, that, exactly right. And um, by the time this goes to where we will have announced already that the Grand Slam 2020 and onwards will be a pairs event, which is something that I know that you, you guys are as well, and we're really excited about. And in fact, tell us a little bit about your week so far this week, because I had a great message from you last night. Um, what, what have you been up to this week? So normally in my training weeks, you know, I, I have a different approach to training. I don't, you know, the, the days of going in the gym and doing workouts where you start at 100%, you go to the middle of your workout at 110%, and then you finish your workout at 120%. Those days are well out the window and aren't conducive to longevity of training. And we'll get into that a little bit later in a different chat about like programming for general life, but competition programming is much different. You want to be able to test the program and you should be going as hard as you can because in that specific condition, you're testing your fitness against others. So you have to go hard. So uh, with this week, all the testing that I've done for all the events for the Grand Slam, I've had to go and push as hard as I can each day. Some workouts, when I tested it, I wanted to change something and see how it was a little different. So I would test the same workout the next day at the same intensity or as much as I could. So the three weeks and we'll say the six scored events of the big era of the Grand Slam was all condensed for me in a matter of one week. So that was quite taxing on my body in general, my energy levels, but it was good fun. And with having a partner to test it with, which is We'll get into why, um, you know, we decided to make the shift of individual pairs to the Grand Slam. But having a partner there allowed me to push harder than I probably would have on my own, especially in the testing phase. So I'm excited to see how that translates over into the Grand Slam. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a fun but exhaustive week. <laughs> well, I know that uh, I and we, uh, all of us appreciate uh, all of the hard work that's gone into both developing the programs but, but testing them as well. And I guess part of the, well, one of the key points for wanting to have this particular chat for the blog was to try and, I guess, uh, help people understand, you know, the everyday athletes that are our audience, exactly what it is that goes into developing a program. I mean, it's, uh, I guess, most of us walk into the box or the studio or the gym 
Uh, I mean, we do you know, the programmed work out of the day, but we don't necessarily think about that. We just turn up, we do it, we enjoy it or not, and then we leave again and we come back the next day. I mean, I, I'm guessing there's a big difference between that type of programming and programming for a comp. But even so, both require a deep level of understanding and expertise, but they are different, correct? Yeah, I'd, I'd say vastly different. If you take general programming for, let's say, like, you know, a regular functional fitness gym, you have to look at who your members are. A, lo- a lot of gyms, like from my travels and Carrie's travels, will go to gyms and the programming on the board is, you know, a workout where it's super like, ridiculously long and the weights are very heavy. And they're like that every single day. So it's not allowing for the body to recover. So if you're constantly pushing your body to 100%, you're not allowing your body to have the state of rest uh, that it needs to recover to progress forward. So with everyday programming, there needs to be, you know, some, some consideration and thought into the amount of volume you're doing, the amount of intensity you're doing, and how those are kind of going together, where it promotes a healthy lifestyle moving forward, and not just for that specific week. Now, with competition programming, it's different. You have, you're trying to bring everyone together and test how you've been training. So every workout that you're trying to get into and test is your maximal effort. Sometimes with sport, sometimes form is sacrificed for speed, but in normal training, there shouldn't be any sacrifice of that form for speed because you're trying to accumulate as many quality reps as possible in your training life. That'll get you into better positions. That'll allow you to stay healthier longer and train those positions and strengthen those good positions versus, you know, if you take an Olympic weightlifter in a competition and they do a lift, they may not have the same form at their maximal contraction that they're testing, but they still got that rep up, right? So there's a huge difference in how you approach these two types of things, the everyday athlete versus the competitor athlete. And the everyday athlete is generally the mass population that you're programming for, the affiliates you go to, things like that. But when you're doing these testing, it's typically a very small pool of people that you're looking at. Yeah, sure. And so, I mean, just for the layperson, when we first approached you and we talked about the Grand Slam, let, let's, let's use 2020, the pairs comp, the, the inaugural pairs year as the basis. I mean, you have a sheet of paper that has nothing written on it. You have a pencil. How do you begin to flesh out what becomes the program for a comp like the Grand Slam 2020? For me, it's thinking about what areas you want to test. So the first thing I think about is what makes a team, a holistic team. Because if you just give everyone all team events, you're not testing the individuals on the team. Especially with a team, you have to test the strength component, communication, how they work well under fatigue. How does that communication change when duress is brought into the picture? I think one thing I was telling you is the strength component that we are going to test for the Grand Slam. Obviously, I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it, it was a lot of fun to test it. And the big thing I learned that I'll explain, you know, when we do talk about my tips and things for the workouts is, although, yes, you may be very strong and be able to do 100 kilos of a specific movement, but when you're working in unison with a partner, whatever the movement is, you may not each be able to do that 100%. You may have to go to your 95% because if you're both at 100%, how are you going to manage your communication when you're doing these things if you're working together? Yeah. So it's going to take some an ego check saying, 
yes, I can probably do this weight, but communicating well and working together as a cohesive unit, we probably should back it down to this weight and, and find what it feels like first. And that's going to be the cool thing that I really like is testing these pairs to see who has the ability, the innate ability together to command a team that will be the best team, not two individuals that are just partnered up. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, that, it'll be interesting to see. And actually, having watched that video that you sent, because of course, when you're testing the workouts, you're also testing other factors like camera position so that when the judges are reviewing one of the workouts that to make sure that the camera is able to capture if it's placed in the right location to capture all of the movements correctly and so on but uh, so you sent me uh, an example last night of one of this year's workouts which is it fair to say that that one is locked in now in your mind yeah that one's locked in Yeah. yeah great and um so the person that you were working with the partner that you were testing with did he also have some lessons learned let's say some observations he hadn't thought about as a as a part of that testing he did he really liked how the tiebreaker was scored on that workout but he also had to find himself slowing down so in the first phase of the workout when we were moving was not easy but it was more manageable and didn't take a lot of thought but as we got to the later phase of that movement or of that piece i found him trying to move faster because the weight may have been a little too heavy for him And he saw that and he slowed down, which changed the movement entirely, especially if you're testing a strength piece. If you have to slow down when you're trying to use some kind of momentum, um, it it can be challenging. So at the end, we were both, you know, like, yeah, that was a lot different than we thought, not just because of the weight, but how you work together as a team. And kind of going back to finish your question you asked is the blank sheet of paper. What are you looking at to test things? What makes the holistic athlete? And especially what competition conditions like the Bay Games and the Grand Slam and how does that tie into it? So if you look at a sport like CrossFit, right? They have the three modalities they typically test, the metabolic conditioning, the gymnastics, and the Olympic weightlifting. With F45, for another example of a functional training tool, is they don't do complex barbell gymnastics. They don't do a lot of very heavy testing. They don't do double unders. So those are those things. And we're trying to make sure that we're creating a competition that tests the everyday athletes. So anybody that can do CrossFit, that can do F45, Barry's Boot Camp, Orange Theory, all these places that kind of go into it. So how do we test a strength piece that allows everyone from all those different areas of functional fitness without excluding anyone or giving inherent advantage to someone? And that's the, one of the biggest things is obviously we don't want to make, you know, if someone's doing various boot camp and we do a movement that's specific to them, that doesn't really make sense because then it kind of takes everyone away from it. So it's challenging in that part. So finding what exact things you want to test so that you feel will create the best team, that's what you have to figure out first on your, your empty sheet of paper. And then from there, you can start to mold, okay, what energy systems are we looking to test? in those specific things and how do they relate to the weeks that go one, two, three, and so on. Yeah, absolutely. So far more to it than yeah, anyone who's not into program, the lay person uh, could perhaps understand. But I mean, I, I know certainly last year talking to you about it, I, I find it fascinating. I understand you know, the methodology or the philosophy uh, of how you program it is so important. I mean, what's the ultimate goal? If you could, and I'm putting you on the spot now, in one sentence, if the ultimate goal of a program like this is to test what? 
I guess it kind of comes back to that, the whole, for me at least, from my philosophy, is to find that the relative, what is the strongest relative team? And that for me goes back to my military days. Is you want to find, for me, the person that has the best fitness ability is the person that can do everything very well, but not one thing more so than the other. So one, you may take one strong person that can do, you know, a, a 270 kilo deadlift, but their mile run is like a seven, you know, or eight minute mile run. Mm. Not very fast, you know, for some people it may be, but for a, a competitor, an eight minute mile is not fast. But you take someone else can do, you know, a 235 kilo deadlift, but they run a 530 mile. You know, who would you say is fitter in that point? Someone that can do a little bit of a heavier deadlift or just slightly less or can run two or three minutes faster on their mile. Not just with two of those things, but also can pull their body weight, can lift their body weight, can move everything and communicate well. You're trying to find a team, at least for the Grand Slams, now with 2020, the philosophy behind that is finding a team that is the all-around best team with communication, strength, conditioning, also separate conditioning and strength, not just together. So although we're testing a pairs workout, there, you know, spoiler alert, there will be some parts of the program that do test individual abilities with their fitness. Excellent. Very good. Um, well, I think um, we're, we're about out of time. Is there anything else you'd like to add about uh, Grand Slam 2020 or the, around the programming? Or is it just a case of uh, we have to sit back and wait for them to be released in June? And yeah, I guess have a lot of fun like we did last year, watching people, uh, in this case teams, really have a red hot crack at it. I'm, I'm really excited to see how, how teams are going to respond to when the workouts uh, have the live announcement. But I'm also excited to see the feedback from it. One of the biggest things that we're going to do, and as you were talking about the early bird sign-up, is we're going to do a drip sequence of one team workout every week for, I think you said, 12 weeks leading yep. up to it. Yep. Um, so there will be some insight to those that do sign up early. That way they can start working on you know, communication pacing with your partner because when you do partner workouts how do you pace that right you know because sometimes you may work one-on-one -on -one. are you doing you know are you working at 100 percent of your effort before you switch if there's a workout where you're both working at the same time what level of intensity should you be working at where you can sustain that over a period of time so it depends on what you're doing so i'm excited to see how teams strategize and execute these when we see the videos coming in for the, for the judging yeah, absolutely. Likewise. And um, I, I know that you've also programmed two sample workouts, both for, uh, advanced and open. They're on the website, thebaygames.com and the .com.au. But uh, I guess if, even if uh, you're watching or listening to this after early birds have closed, you can go to the website, you can download those, and uh, we'd encourage you to give them a go at the end of the day. They're designed to be everything Will's talking about, but a bunch of fun as well, which uh, I guess is important. Yeah. That's what it's all about in the end. None of us are doing this for a living. And um, it's about uh, getting together with a mate or a bunch of mates, um, having some fun around it, pushing each other, growing, uh, learning, and uh, yeah, leaving with a big sweaty smile on your face. <laughs> yeah, and I think everyone's going to be able to compete in this environment because they have a partner and they're going to have that satisfaction of not wanting to let them down, which makes them push harder, which will give them more of a rewarding feeling in the end. So I think that's going to be something cool to, to listen to at the end of the, the three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Will, thank you very much for your time. And um, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there and uh, look forward to chatting to you next time. Always a pleasure, Matt. Thanks. 
Well, there you have it. Thanks very much for listening. And if you've enjoyed this, please go ahead and leave a review. It helps more than you know. And if you think that one of your training buddies would also enjoy this, go ahead and share it with them right now. Thank you once again. And until next time, train smart and train safe.